Welcome to Keep This In Mind. My name's Melissa, and I'm a consumer psychologist and coach who's been studying psychology for the last 10 years. During that time, I've also shown myself what is possible through self-coaching and changing the way I think about my life, and I'm going to show you how you can do the exact same. So many people are unaware that our thoughts are always within our control, and when you take control of your thoughts, you'll be amazed at the incredible results you can create in your own life. Let's go. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all doing well and enjoying the podcast as much as I am enjoying recording them. Um, I really hope that the last few episodes you've learned a little bit about me and kind of the direction that I'm going to be taking the podcast in. And in the last episode, we were talking all about showing up and how to communicate to yourself how much you care about yourself and showing up for your future self. So that leads us really nicely into today's episode. Today, we are talking about the two most important people in the world, our present self and our future self. Okay, first off, let's talk about our present self. Our present self cares about here and now, right now. It cares about instant gratification. It's the primitive part of our brain that wants to keep things the way that they are, the part that doesn't want to feel fear or stress. It's the part of us that wants to stay where it's comfortable and warm. (laughs) And this goes back to our ancestors and how we've evolved to basically seek out pleasure and avoid pain or discomfort. So back when our ancestors were in the cave, though they wanted to avoid being eaten by animals, and oftentimes that meant staying in the cave and staying where it's safe. So Sigmund Freud has coined this as the pleasure principle. And if you don't know who Freud is, he's an Austrian neurologist from the late 1800s, early 1900s, and he was one of the first doctors to ever develop therapeutic techniques using talk therapy, He developed psychoanalysis. Um, He's quite a controversial character, I think. But anyway, the pressure... Oh my God, I can't say this word. The pleasure principle is a term that categorizes our tendency as human beings to seek out pleasure and avoid feeling pain. And Freud argued that we will go to great lengths to avoid even momentary pain. And although this avoidance of pain stems from when we were cave people, trying not to avoid the pain of starving to death or being eaten alive by predators, nowadays, thank God, (laughs) those aren't really issues that we experience in our lives. So the pain we are most often trying to avoid is the painful experience of negative emotions. The discomfort that we feel when we try to you know, break a habit, or we try to do something that we've never done before. And in the moment, our present self only wants to take care of our present self. It's not really caring about our future self at all. And our brain likes to find thought patterns as, you know, the human brain. It likes knowing what to expect and predict. And when we want to make changes in our life, we jeopardize those patterns because we're doing something out of the normal day to day that we don't normally do. And our brain kind of freaks out because it likes to keep things as they are. And our brains literally have to create new neural pathways when we learn new things or make changes to our normal routines. And this has been scientifically proven through neuroscience and things like that. So as I mentioned, our present self uses the part of our brain that is like a primitive animal's brain. And this part of our brain only cares about a few things. It cares about things like keeping our heart rate steady, not experiencing social or emotional stress, and just plodding along through life safely. But as we've evolved, we now have a prefrontal cortex, and this is a part of our brain that enables us to plan ahead. It lets us 
it lets us make plans for the future. It lets us set goals. It helps us with reasoning and problem solving, comprehension. It controls the impulses that we might have. So we don't just, you know, run around killing people when we get angry. <laughs> it knows our brain, our prefrontal cortex knows that there's going to be consequences for that. So it stops us from, you know, doing those impulsive behaviors most of the time. And our prefrontal cortex also allows for creativity and perseverance. So if we didn't have this part of our brain, we wouldn't care about staying in the cave or in our case now, lying on the couch instead of going out to work, right? We would way rather stay home where it's warm, there's plenty of food, rather than going out, driving to work, having to interact with people, and do all the things we need to do to function as an adult in today's society. But our, free, our prefrontal cortex is much more reasonable. It's prompting us, you know, to go to work because it knows the consequence of not going to work, which is not getting paid and not being able to afford rent and even sometimes losing our home. And our prefrontal cortex thinks about our future. So it cares about our future self. And that's the difference between the human brain and the animal brain. Okay, like my dog only cares about the moment we're in. My dog is not making plans with his friends from the dog park to go out and play at, you know, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. My dog would eat his entire 30-pound bag of food in one sitting if he could because he's not worrying how that might affect his weight or if it's going to mess up his tummy. None of that. He only cares about right now. But as humans, we do care about our future most of the time. We do have a plan for what we want our lives to look like. We have goals we want to achieve. We have money we want to save up for a house deposit or weight that we want to lose to feel better. Habits we want to break. We want to look out for our future self. And so we have this relationship between our present self and our future self. And a lot of the time, they're butting heads. Our future self enables us to set goals for ourselves because we want to attain a result in the future. And these goals that we're setting, it's not even like they're particularly difficult to achieve in theory. It's not like they're physically impossible. Most of the time, these goals that we're setting ourselves are super simple. Things like reading for 15 minutes before going to bed or going for a jog every morning. It's not like they're huge impossible goals that we're setting ourselves. Sometimes it might be to, you know, not get that takeaway on a Friday night or just little plans that we want to make for ourselves because we know that our future self is going to benefit or pay off um, from us doing that in the moment. But what keeps us from achieving these goals is our present self. That primitive instinct we have to keep things as they are, to avoid the pain of feeling negative emotion and feel comfort in the moment. A lot of the goals we set ourselves don't have an instant payoff. There, there's no instant gratification from sitting down for 15 minutes and reading my book. There's no instant gratification for saying, no, I'll skip the takeaway this weekend and make myself some soup. That usually comes... the the. The gratification from doing, you know, sticking with those plans often comes a lot later when we've been following our plans and keeping those promises to ourselves. But our present self really wants that reward. It wants that, you know, the pleasure in the moment. It's seeking out pleasure. And it's a lot easier. Our primitive brain or our present self wants the easier option. That's what it comes down to. But there's a flip side of that, because whenever you're going against what you set out to do for your future self, what obviously happens is you create a future that you might not like that much. 
it might not be your ideal future. And there's a lot of research on habit formation, and I've consumed a lot of it. I've read a lot of books on habit formation. Um, in particular, I've really loved the work of uh, Dr. B.J. Fogg. He's a behavioral scientist from Stanford University, and he really is an expert on habit formation. And his book, Tiny Habits, I'll link it in the show notes, it talks all about the best ways to form habits, obviously, <laughs> but it's research-based. And he says the best way to, to form a habit is to start so small that it's just as easy to do the new behavior as it is to not do it. So people tend to set themselves these really ambitious goals. So let's take an example such as reading a book in a week or, or reading before bed every night. If you don't usually read that much, you probably have something else you're doing before bed at night, like scrolling on your phone or watching Netflix. So you, ha you usually have something else that you're normally doing. It's probably something that your present self enjoys because it's comfortable, it's easy, you get a little gratification, a little dopamine hit from it. But your future self knows that reading before bed is much more relaxing and that it'll set you up for a better night's sleep probably. So that's probably why you want to set this goal. So BJ Fogg's research shows that you would need to make your reading goal as simple as possible so that it would almost be as easy not to read as it would be to read. So what I mean here is instead of telling yourself that you have to read for 30 minutes before bed, you would start by telling yourself you only have to read five or 10 pages before bed. So what you'll realize is that most nights you'll probably end up reading more than 10 pages. But even if you don't and you just read the 10 pages, you start to have a much more pleasurable experience because you keep following through on that plan that you made for yourself. Going back to what we were talking about last week, showing up for yourself, creating confidence with yourself. And you start to get accustomed to reading before bed. Reading 10 pages probably takes, I don't know, about 10 minutes or so. If you tell yourself it's only 10 minutes and then I can check that off my list of things to do today, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better than if you kept telling yourself you need to read for an hour, but you stop reading after 10 minutes. What BJ Fogg says and what I agree with is you need to make plans for your future, for your future self that are realistic, plans that are doable. You need to be aware of how you're going to feel when that time comes. By now you probably know what you're gonna feel like when 10 p.m. rolls around and it's time to get out the book and start reading. And it feels like it's more tiring to do that than to sit on your butt watching Netflix and mindlessly scrolling Instagram. So the actual hard part is the first step, which is getting yourself to do the thing, right? Because once you're lying down and reading, it's easy. But taking that initial step and having the self-discipline to go get your book, to open the book, to start focusing and start reading the book, that's where your present brain starts kicking up, trying to talk you out of doing the thing. And when this happens to me, you know what I do? When I start to get thoughts like, I don't need to do this. It's way more fun to watch Netflix. I'll just start this thing tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. I tell my present self that their opinion is noted, but this is what we're doing tonight. I remind my present self that it's almost more uncomfortable and stressful and negative when I don't do the thing I said I was going to do, right? Because there's a compound effect that that has not only on how I experience my day, but whether or not I reach my goals and become the future self that I want to be, whether or not I become the person that I want to be. And I want to be the person who, whenever I plan to do something, I trust myself and know that I'm going to show up and do it. Life coaching is all about changing the way that your present self thinks. It's retraining your brain to think thoughts that help you get ready to take action and create those results for yourself. And, 
As humans, the only way we take action is by either seeking out a positive feeling or avoiding a negative one. Our actions are always motivated by feelings. And the coolest part about feelings is that they're temporary. <laughs> they don't last that long. And we can choose to think thoughts that make us feel a hell of a lot better than we feel now. And when we start feeling better about ourselves, it's a chain reaction. We develop a positive and trusting relationship between our present and our future selves where we know we have our own back. We don't create that dialogue in our head that I never follow through on things. There's a thought. That doesn't make you feel good about yourself. And then you, as humans, we start looking for evidence of the thoughts that we're having. So if I think I never follow through on things, I'll think of all the other times where I was meant to sit down and read my book that I didn't. Whereas if you learn to override that present self, the present self that wants things to be easy, that doesn't want change, and as you learn to override that voice and retrain your brain to not listen to that voice as much, it starts to become the new neural pathway and it just starts becoming something that you do for yourself. You don't betray your past self all the time. You have a good relationship with your future self where you can trust that if you want to make something happen, you can do it. And that's really cool. I've seen myself do that once or twice. The first example that I'm thinking of is whenever I stopped drinking. I really, really wanted to stop drinking. And a lot of people experience this with food and stuff like that too. So my future self, I knew that I needed to stop drinking, whether it was for a month or whether it was long term. I knew that I needed a break from drinking because it was ruining my mental health. It was sabotaging me. It was stopping me from doing the things that I wanted to do because I was feeling anxiety from drinking for weeks after I had a drink. My future self knew that I needed to stop drinking if I wanted to progress in my life the way that I do. And so every Friday night would come around and the norm would be either I went out and went to the pub with my cousins or my friends or whatever, and that was the norm. That's what I would be used to. And what I was, the new habit that I was trying to form or the new behavior I was trying to perform was feeling the discomfort of desiring a drink and not being able to have it. And that's why whenever you try to do those 30-day cleanses or 30 days with no alcohol, that's why, that's how you really get to the root of like a lot of your negative self-talk and a lot of your negative thinking. Because when you're left with yourself and you take away the thing that you're using to buffer yourself from feeling a lot of the negative emotions you're feeling, you get to realize all of the negative thoughts that you were having that caused all of those negative emotions. You have to learn how to, or I really learned how to self-coach myself. I would have drink, I would have, dr I would have drinks. I would have thoughts that were like, gosh, what was I thinking at the time? I would have thoughts that weren't really serving me, like, oh, why do other people get to drink and I can't? And then I would have thoughts like, mm, but I wasn't that bad. I, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink every day. It's just once a week. And then I had to learn how to feel bored. A lot of the time we do these things, these bad habits or overeating or over drinking because we don't want to experience boredom. And so like the cure for boredom isn't drinking. The cure for boredom is find something to do with your time that actually makes you feel happy. <laughs> And so that's how you get to learn a lot of the reasons why you do certain things because of the thoughts that you're having. And you have to pick a couple of those thoughts and try to replace them with thoughts that make you feel a lot better. Because whenever I quit drinking, like I was like, that is it. I'm done. 
you know, I'm done, we're doing this. And it's way better to not have thoughts that make you feel worthless and that you're lacking something and that you're missing out because it's way better to replace those thoughts with thoughts that actually make you feel good because we're doing the damn thing anyway. That was my rationale. So I started thinking it as I'm giving myself the gift of a hangover-free weekend because hangovers used to ruin my weekends. I would let hangovers ruin my weekends. And so reframing things and finding thoughts that make yourself feel better is really the way that you can choose to move forward to reach your goals. But that's truly the power of life coaching and being able to coach yourself. Noticing the thoughts that are creating all these feelings and holding you back from reaching your goals. And it's not as if you ever get to the place where you stop doing that. I still have to work to strengthen that relationship with myself every day. Thankfully, I've done a lot of work around my drinking that I don't think about drinking Drinking? I think about drinking rarely and I don't have the desire to drink anymore. And that just comes from me constantly putting in the work and retraining my brain. I've basically ruined drinking for myself. Like if I ever did go back and drink, I wouldn't even be able to enjoy it because of this work that I've done <laughs> in my own mind, just with changing the way that I see drinking and the way that I think about myself drinking. So it's like, you, you still have to do the work. Like it's a commitment. It's like brushing your teeth. It's just part of your, my health routine now, but I'm committed to working on that relationship I have with my present self and my future self and showing myself what's possible in my own life and just getting that relationship between my present self and my future self to be cohesive. And like, we feel negative emotion either way. Either you feel worthless and frustrated with yourself because you can't seem to push past the discomfort that you need to do to reach your goals, or you feel the discomfort of changing your brain. You feel the discomfort of boredom when you quit drinking. You feel the discomfort of craving a food and not being able to have it whenever you're trying to stop overeating. You're changing the way that you show up for yourself. I mean, it's discomfort either way. And I don't know about you, but I think I'll choose the discomfort that moves me towards the person I aspire to be. All right, guys, that's all from me today. Keep this in mind. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could go and leave me a review. And if you want to get in touch or find out more about my one-on-one coaching, head to melissakellyphd.com. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.